first edition of the Fantasy Hipsters Mailbag Special episode, which is, I guess, technically still episode eight of the Fantasy Hipsters podcast. Uh, my name is Matt Harmon. Uh, I'm here with my partner in crime, my right-hand fella, Matt Franchise. What's going on, dude? Hey, man. Glad to be here. Glad to be back doing the Hipsters Pod eighth yeah. episode Mailbag Special. Happy Friday. Happy Friday. Right, let's, yeah. Let's, let's start the weekend right. We're totally recording this on a Friday. Totally organic right now. Oh, um, yeah. Uh, but anyways, so what do, you, what do you got planned this weekend? Uh, Well, I'm going to be doing a lot of writing this weekend, actually. Got some deadlines to meet, some Ooh. rookie profiles for DLF, uh, and some other stuff that I'm working on. So uh, the fiance is working Coachella this weekend, so I'm going to be bacheloring it whoa, with whoa, Bruno. Whoa, 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 whoa. What? Pump the brakes. You, Mackenzie's going out of town? Yeah. So oh, yeah. Alone? Oh, yeah, dude. Doritos and no pants and a lot of PS4. Let's party then. Okay. Let's get, let's load, let's, let's drink this weekend. All right. Let's get, let's get, get the fantasy stronghold all in on it, too. I'm down. All right, cool. Well, we just made plans. That's cool. great. Speaking of making plans, you people out there should make plans to check out our sponsor, Do Champs Grooming. We are right. happy to have them along for the ride on this new mailbag special episode that we are doing uh, now that we've gone twice a week here on the Fantasy Hipsters podcast. Do Champs Grooming is your one-stop shop for a ton of awesome grooming products. They've got great hair wax if you're like me and you don't currently have a beard right now. They've also got great beard oil, beard balm. They, they've got it all. Anything you could possibly want. Yeah, uh, vintage-inspired, handmade grooming products for the modern-day man. And just for listeners of our podcast, Dude Champs Grooming is being so generous. They're offering a 15% off promo code now. The code is HIPSTERSPOD, all one word. Go sign on to their website, DoChampsGrooming.co, and get yourself 15% off some of these awesome handmade items. Pretty, uh, pretty awesome promo code, right? Definitely better than, like hipsters and some number thrown in there sure yeah it's good whoever whoever came up with that promo code is pretty awesome and creative it wasn't me yeah wonder who it could have been mm. like i said probably somebody pretty awesome and creative anyways so let's get right into it look we've got we don't cover any news on this show this is just our mailbag the questions that you all have sent us uh whether you tweeted it to us at matt Harmon underscore byb and at matt franchise on twitter or if you email the show fantasyhipsters at gmail.com we have a lot of questions to get into, so let's stop, uh, let's stop playing patty cake and let's get right into it. Let's do it. First question on Twitter comes in from our buddy Tyler Gunther from the uh, Dynasty Happy Hour podcast who sent us those sweet shirts last week. Right. He, he wants us to talk about a trade he and I made in a Dynasty League. So he made me an offer, I made a counter offer, and we ended up trading Steph, I, I gave him Alshon Jeffrey. Uh, for Stefan Diggs, who we talked about in our last episode, why I think he is an emerging superstar talent based on his reception perception. Let me get your reaction. What do you what do you think about that deal? That makes me think that he was in need of a big big body red zone type of wideout. And so he went and got Alshon Jeffrey. He needs like a you know, maybe a top twelve guy heading into this season. And uh you're kind of taking a gamble on Stefan Diggs really exploding this year and developing as like a uh, uh, you know, he's he's not a huge red zone guy, but I mean, he's like you said, he's a, he's a budding superstar. So you're, you're taking a chance on the future here for your dynasty team with Diggs. And I feel like Jeffrey's going to give him that immediate impact that he needs maybe to strengthen his receiving core. Let me ask you, how many targets do you think Alshon Jeffrey gets this year? Oh, God, I don't know. 
So the, uh, let's say a hundred. A hundred? That's it? You think you think he only gets a hundred? I don't know, man. I mean, look, I don't think it's that crazy to think. For one, I mean, is he even going to play sixteen games? I mean, the, the injuries are a factor with both of these players. But if you look at Alshon Jeffrey now as the de facto number one receiver on the Eagles, mm-hmm. the Eagles threw six hundred times over six hundred times last year. I I imagine they want to get that number down a little bit because yep. I think they want to run the ball more. They they probably are going to make a move at running back in the right. NFL draft. Right. Um, they also have a lot of other players there. You know, they've got. Torrey Smith, who I think is going to demand looks. Jordan Matthews is still a really good football player out of the slot there. They also have Zach Ertz to demand targets as yep, well. for sure. You know, Nelson, Darren Sproles gets gets receptions. Right. Nelson Aguilar be relegated to fourth receiver duties. But still, a lot of, way, a lot of ways for that football to go other than just Alshon Jeffrey. A lot of mouths to feed. Right. I don't think he has a 150 target ceiling like he used to in Chicago. Whereas Stefan Diggs, like you mentioned, Total superstar. I put a chart out on Twitter and on my uh, Facebook page uh, showing his success rate versus coverage scores and reception perception over the last two years versus the NFL average. And he's just he's awesome. Just consistently gets, gets separation. You look at some of the next-gen stats that I look at, too. Mm-hmm. He was on the top ten in both separation and winning passes with less than a yard of separation, those contested passes. He's just, I mean, he's a stud. He good. He's going to be really good. So if he stays healthy, I see him, I can see him being a fantasy wide receiver one, or at least a high-end number two. That's a good, I think that's a good deal for you. And I think, you know, people are biting on Jeffrey's potential in, in Philadelphia. Pedigree and, too. Yeah, right. But so, yeah, I mean, I think if, if, I would imagine that like like we tweeted that out. I think most people would take the Jeffrey side, but I think right. Diggs has the better long term outlook and the better year one outlook. I like it. Cool. That's a good 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 question. So next question comes in from uh, Brent Lancaster on Twitter. He asks what are he asks what are Tyler Higby's prospects in Sean McVay's offense this year? Um, Higby was a fourth round pick last year. He fell in the draft after um, getting arrested for battery. Because uh, or was it battery? I don't remember. Or assault? He he like beat up on some guy and fell in the draft because of that. Uh, reportedly yelled some racial slurs or whatever at him. So uh, he might be a jerk, but um, he's an interesting player this year for sure. Yeah, uh, and Sean McVay comes over from Washington, right? So he made uh, Jordan Reed a superstar there. Mm-hmm. I I kind of like the the idea of McVay's offense there. You know, the question obviously is is Jared Goff any good? Yeah. Probably not. Right. Um that's but that's the biggest factor I think. There's certainly opportunity uh there for Tyler Higby, you know, with Lance Kendrick's gone now to Green Bay. He should start at tight end and he is kind of like a, he could be a, he could be a sneaky producer this year especially with people chasing uh, Second-year tight ends like Hunter Henry. Uh, I, I believe Hunter Henry is probably going to go pretty high in fantasy drafts. Where uh, Tyler Higby is definitely somebody that could catch, you know, maybe 50 passes this year in in Los Angeles. Maybe a late-round tight end with upside, especially because there's not a lot of options to throw to in that uh, Rams offense. There. No question. Robert Woods, Tavon Austin, and then Higby's a nice big body to look at. Definitely. Uh, okay, next one comes in from Paul Harris on Twitter. Uh, if Fournette goes to Baltimore or Carolina, do you take him in the first? And I'm assuming uh, the first round of redraft fantasy is what he's talking about there. And I have a pretty easy answer. No. Yeah, I agree. Nope. Baltimore, I do not think, is going to take a running back in the first three rounds of the NFL draft unless just some crazy value presents itself because... 
I think Sharon Stixon is, or excuse me, <laughs> Terrence West is their starter oh. right now heading into training camp as the two-down banger. Kenneth Dixon is on the suspended list uh, for the first four games. And then they also brought in Danny, Danny Woodhead. Woodhead. So I think they might take some body in the NFL draft, but I don't think they make a priority move. And Carolina, for one, I, they, they re-signed Jonathan Stewart. They could do a, like a, a cap-friendly deal. Um, they could cut him, but even so, I don't see. I don't think there's like a first-round pick in uh, any landing spot. Like there's nothing like Dallas and Zeke last year. I mean, that was no. Just, that was a unique situation. It was a totally unique situation, and I don't. I don't think I'm chasing any of these rookie running backs that early in fantasy at all. There are a lot of other veterans with more upside. All right. So the next question comes in from Nigel. Nigel. On Twitter, okay. Uh, what's your favorite <laughs> format of league and why? Uh, E.g., PPR, half PPR, standard, and what? And combined with what of redraft keeper dynasty? So, first of all, what scoring format do you like best, and do you prefer redraft keeper or dynasty? I like half point PPR. It's a good mix because it kind of balances out. You know, you get some people complaining in full point PPR that you know the, the, the receptions are valued too highly. Marcus it, Grant. Right. And I get that argument, but I like to have the half-point PPR because passing, especially for running backs, is a much bigger deal these days. But I, my league of record that I've been in for five or six years now is a half-point PPR with super deep rosters. We have two flex, I think three flexes. You could start up to five wide receivers in any given Sunday, uh, any given week. Okay. Uh, I like to have the deeper rosters. It's a 10-team league. Um and we've been doing one keeper. I think we're going to up it to two keepers per team just to make it a little more interesting. Uh, having those keepers always makes the redraft player pool a little shallower. You can't bank, bank on getting some of these elite guys at the top top first round like you can in a, in a regular non-keeper league. So I like to mix it up a little bit. I feel like just a standard redraft gets a little boring. Yeah. I like to have some of those variables in there to make it a little tougher. I'm with you. I'm kind of over standard redraft uh, fantasy. Yeah. I like a little, bit of, a little bit of dynasty, that's for sure. Yep. Our next question comes in from Tim Turner on Twitter. Martavis Bryant, I often draft him sooner than most. Love covering buys with him. I'm worried this year. Time off, etc. Justifiable concern? Question mark? I mean, I don't think the time off is, is a, a concern. I think he's he's got the athletic gifts to get in there and get going again. Um as far as the other concerns, I mean, he says he's over that hump with his the substance abuse thing. And as far as I've seen, all the reports have been positive. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he gets back in there and gets going right away. I mean, if he's got all training camp and all preseason, the time off should not be an issue. Right. We talked about him a few episodes ago. If, if he is reinstated, you know, and apparently he's added 25 pounds of muscle. Right. He has been working out. He has been uh, coaching part-time, volunteering at a high school. You know, if he is focused, he is a, a key figure point of that offense and a total and complete stud. So if Martavis Bryant is reinstated... Um, yeah, man, I think he is a he's a six round pick and sort of in that area in fantasy and uh, could easily be a, a, a high end wide receiver too. Yeah, I feel like the hype on him is just going to get outrageous come August. But he's but he's worth it to me. I mean, because he's in the right offense, he is really damn good. We know that, so it's not like just some out of nowhere player. You know, the only thing I think that could derail him is a setback in his suspension, and you know, right. it's hard to know any of that. Um, all right, so next question comes in from Timmy. 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 Uh, his Twitter handle is at irrelevant underscore bat. 
Hmm, quite a name. I don't know how people come up with some of these names. Um, can you talk about the two Devantes, Adams and Parker, and their current value? Parker is my Achilles. Sad face emoji. I can't quit him. Uh, what do you think about Devontae? I feel like Devontae Adams is is pretty easy. I mean, I think he is in a good spot. You know, he, he might not be the best wide receiver, but for fantasy, I mean, I think he kind of maintains. I don't know if he scores ten, a double-digit touchdowns again this year. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think Randall Cobb could have a nice back bounce-back season, um, but I still think he's a, he's a pretty good bet to continue um Producing. Yeah, you've said a million times as long as Adams isn't the number one guy, like right. he's, he's not that kind of receiver. But if he's playing second fiddle to someone like Jordy Nelson, then he can thrive. The real question is: Is this the year Jordy Nelson falls off the cliff or not? To me, that's the more interesting question. But let's talk about Devonte Parker. What do you What do you think about Devonte Parker? I don't know. I've been up and down on him. I know he's he's had some some big plays, some some inspiring weeks here and there. Uh, I just don't see the Dolphins' offense. Like we were talking about Ryan Tannehill last week being the corn pops of of, of quarterbacks. Like, oh man, we we should have addressed this in our flagship episode on Wednesday, but the corn, corn pops, pops Twitter has come Dude, at they us. They came at us pretty hard, and I still don't agree with any of them. Yeah, and you know what? <laughs> it's terrible. Dave Dave Dadashek stood up for corn pops on Twitter, so that's all you corn pops truthers need to know. You're on the side of Dad. Yeah, yeah. We're the correct ones. Yeah, we have the correct analysis. But anyways, I, yeah, I, I'm kind of with you on Parker, though. Yeah. Like, Kenny Stills got brought back. Yeah. That, that's not really a great sign. You know, the coaching staff there with Adam Gase has kind of constantly been up and down on Devontae Parker. They right. have, you know, never really seemed to endorse him uh, as a starting option for sure. He definitely has had some big games. He's had some down games. He uh, will make mistakes. He will make big plays. I think he just kind of, at this point, he's trending closer. That is what he is sort of player. Mm-hmm. Um, this could be the year he takes a leap, but to me, uh, I-, I wouldn't want to bet on it. All right. Cool. So let's move into the email questions now. And this is fantasyhipsters at gmail.com if you want to get in touch with the show and have your question uh, read live on, well, not live, but read on air on the Fantasy Hipsters mailbag special. Live. Live. Uh, all right. So this one comes in from John B., our buddy John Bosch on Twitter. What gives you the right? Wow. I mean, what gives you the right, John B.? Hmm. I don't know. What, what gives us the right? I don't know. Uh, uh, I don't have a. I don't have an answer. You know, I think what gives us the right is the fact that we um, bought this microphone. Uh, we got picked up by Blog Talk Radio, and uh, they put our podcast on iTunes, and that's what gives us the right. Yeah, the universe has shined brightly on us, and that's what has given us the right. There you go, John B. Yeah. All right, John. Anyways, uh, next question comes in from Daniel Haas. Uh, Hey, guys, just another loyal fantasy hipster fan here. He's emailing for two reasons. First, he had a band recommendation that he wanted to drop at us, indie folk rock group with a bit of Celtic influence called Carbon Leaf. Um, Pretty nice. Good suggestion. Listen, bro, I'm the music expert here. Keep keep your picks to yourself, all right? Listen to you. The listeners are trying to get in on what we do here. Is is Carbon Leaf on now music version 63? Oh, 
Daniel, I apologize. Now, now I, this is music. I apologize. That's, that's now. That's what I call music. Carbon leaf. I, you know, I, greatest I, hits. Dan, Dan, I'm gonna go in and check out, uh, check out Carbon Leaf, and I apologize for my co-host. Super, super rude uh, behavior here. Anyway, so Daniel writes, getting back to football. I've got a question about draft strategies. If I remember from last year, it was considered smart and hip to go wide, re- wide receiver heavy uh, at the start, given the number of excellent options at the position. Is it just me, or is that? trend swinging back the other way i can't think of any surefire wide receiver ones that i would draft in round one brown for sure uh julio odell and maybe mike evans am i missing anybody uh thanks for taking the time to read my email hope you guys enjoy carbon leaf well i know one of us will let me know either way good luck with the podcast i'll be sure to keep listening listen i'll check the band out i'll let you know what i think next 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 episode anyways um So what do you think? Are you will you be going wide receiver heavy this year, or has it swung back the other way to the running Look, back position? Man, I went wide receiver heavy last year, and I got bit in the butt. It didn't work out, dude. Are I didn't you serious. I didn't get any of these guys. I did. I didn't win any leagues last year. Maybe made it to the semis and like eight leagues. Year before, I won like two leagues. But I think I think people let this strategy thing go to their head. I think in the first round you have to take the best player on the board at that point in time. And when you see your league zigging, you zag to take advantage of, you know, what what everyone else is doing position-wise. You go out and get the other guys they're, they're, they're raking over and missing out on. And then you're stacking your team, and they're left with crap. All right, small sample size alert here with, well, it didn't work out for me last year franchise. But anyways, I think that... This is another good year to go wide receiver heavy. Look, I was just on the Rotoviz radio show with Jacob Rickroad and Pat Corain, and Jacob was asking me to kind of go over the top 24 wide receivers. And, you know, it's a, t- it's a chalked group up there right now. There's just a ton of wide receivers up at the top. I still want to pick from that group. You know, maybe I mix in a running back in the early rounds. But to me, look at the running backs. After the top three, it gets really uninspiring really quick after, you know, Zeke, Le'Veon Bell, David Johnson, say you pick four or five. I'm definitely going wide receiver there. There's no running back. And I like all those guys he mentioned there. I like, you know, A.J. Green can easily be worth a first-round pick again this year. I'm totally back in on that. Um, You know, there are plenty of guys that could bounce back. Um, And I think the biggest thing that people mix up with wide receiver heavy drafts is that they take wide receivers early, then they start ignoring the position. But because I mentioned there's such great depth, you know, you have to try to take some of these second-year breakout players or third-year breakout players in these seventh to ninth round. Stock up on those wide receivers in case you land on one of the busts like a Brandon Marshall from last year or a DeAndre Hopkins. Then that's why you have some of those breakout players in your back pocket. So, you know, if you're going to go wide receiver heavy, just remember to do that as well. All right, so we'll move on to the next question. Um Derek, Derek Remmer, uh, big fan of both of you for a while. Harmon, I used to tweet you all the time, which is not uh, which is not relevant to anything, but uh, he wanted to say it anyways. Didn't tweet me, though. Oh, listen, I don't know what to tell you. Uh, he says he's not 85% sure he's a corn pops truther. To be fair, I haven't had them in 15 years, but all I have found are fond memories uh, of the weird little balls of sugar corn. I that was, taste like cardboard. He says he was moderately triggered by our claim that they are complete trash. He says, I would... I, I would suggest comparing Mike Glennon to Golden Crisp or Honey Smacks, which are both useless cereals. And let us never forget uh, F the Bears in general. Okay. I would all, he would also love to hear what are our hot takes regarding the Lions offense this up, upcoming season because he is a Lions fan and he would like to hear people talk about the Lions even though they usually just say mean stuff. The warmest of regards, Derek. 
Look, I think it's a make or break year for Amir Abdullah in Detroit. Uh, he's the most fa- he's the most fascinating player on that offense to me. Yeah, but he's had two seasons and he hasn't really done much, so he's been injured. He was injured last year, yeah. Um, I just think they can't run an offense with Theo Riddick and Zach Zenner as their their one and two backs. They need Amir Abdullah to step up, um, and I think if he doesn't do it this year, he's he's going to be looking at a rough rough go for the rest of his career. He needs to, he needs to make a splash. That's my opinion. So when I look at the wide receiver position, I mean, I think Golden Tate is locked into his same role. Marvin Jones is a fascinating player. You know, he is, from what I've seen, because I haven't participated in any yet, I've seen he goes around the ninth to 10th round of NFL 10s. People Mm -hmm. feel real burned by Marvin Jones and what he gave them at the end of last year after Mm -hmm. that. After that outrageous three-week start, and then he fell off a cliff. However, I'm kind of interested in getting for for a cheap price. I'm interested in getting back in on Marvin Jones because I still think he's a good player. I think he was overmatched last year when he suddenly became the team's number one receiver, mostly just because he got super high degree of difficulty targets. You know, I tweeted out a stat about him with Next Gen Stats and how he averaged the lowest separation at target uh, among qualifying wide receivers. You know, at the end of last year, and that's not necessarily a thing that completely reflects on him, um, because I think he's a pretty good, pretty good route runner and a good, good uncontested catches. But they were just constantly throwing him deep targets outside the numbers. I wonder if they change up the approach, yeah. and that might lead to a more, you know, steady sort of production line from Marvin Jones. So they are a fascinating offense right now, um, and in, in general, you know, I kind of. But as a team, I think they just kind of are what they are right now. Meh, meh, mediocre. Anyways, sorry Lions fans. So, next question here comes from TJ Hernandez, and he asks, "Would you rather chew on the vinyl album that franchise suggested or drink an IPA?" Huge fan, love your work. I'd rather not chew on vinyl, so I'd rather drink an IPA. Yeah, cuz IPAs are good, TJ. They're all right. No, they're good. How dare you? Anyways, so much IPA hype like They're not the best thing in the world, okay? IPAs are good. They're they're they're, good beer. They're good. They're not great. Okay, don't take his side. TJ... I'm not... He hates them. I know he hates them. I'm not taking his side. I'm saying they're overrated. All right. Whatever. I'd rather not chew on vinyl. Yeah, that that seems fair. Gross. All right, this this question comes in from Danny Evers, uh, and he has another voicemail question for us, so we will play... uh, We'll play that right now. What up, hipsters? This is Danny from Orlando again. I've got a question for you guys about the fantasy draft. I have one question for Matt and then uh, another question for Matt. So um, my first question for Matt is, what is the sweet spot for the amount of IPAs to have for your fantasy draft where you feel loose and good and having a good time with your friends, but you don't overdo it? And my other question is for Matt, what uh, music do you like to listen to when you draft? I usually put on the uh, NFL films classics, but uh, maybe looking to branch out and you know move to the modern era this year. Thanks, guys. Great question uh, from Danny there. I'll take Love the uh, I'll take the IPA question first. 
it's a very happy medium and you know it varies for everybody because everybody's tolerance is different now um for me i can probably drink about three and feel you know fine yeah uh maybe you're different but the key is you just can't overdo it because you don't want to be there at around 10 going cross-eyed yeah right and be drunk yeah. like that's you don't you want to you want to like you said be loose have fun especially if it's a in-person draft um maybe then it's different to be honest with you but if you're just by yourself you know, you have a few beers, but you definitely don't want to overdo it. You don't want to be getting zealous. You know, guys are, you know, talking trash in the chat room. You're, you're feeling yourself. And you're like, you know what? I'm taking this guy five rounds out of his ADP or whatever. That's a reach, bro. So, yeah, you got to be careful with that. Uh, yeah, in terms of uh, the music I like to listen to when I'm drafting, I mean, you said it. I, I put on the NFL Films uh, soundtracks there, the Hard Knocks soundtracks. Uh, I think it's David Ro- Robidoux. Some there's an X in there somewhere. He's like the NFL Films music guy. He makes all these soundtracks, and they're all on Spotify. Uh, but to branch out, I think I'd like to keep it uh, the instrumental vibe going, and just search uh, for. There's all kinds of like uh, instrumental hip hop playlists on Spotify. I just like to have like a steady beat, but no lyrics, so I can kind of focus. It's hard for me to focus on reading stuff when I'm uh, there's lyrics in the music. So I like instrumental hip-hop beats. That's what I would go with. Cool, cool. All right, well, this next question comes in from Scott Cumming. And he sent us two questions, but one was about John Lynch transitioning to, to, from, to TV from, being, or from TV to being a GM. I feel like we already answered a question in that regard in one of our mailbag episodes. Um, if not, but we're going we're gonna to answer the second question because I think this is good. Cool. After Cynthia Freeland revealed on the NFL Fantasy Live podcast that James Coe sports a tattoo, are there any other secrets from the NFL Fantasy Stronghold that you wish to reveal? Secrets. Do you have any secrets you wish to reveal by yourself? Matt Harmon is from West Virginia. Okay, that's, that is, not only is that false, it's also not a secret that, that, that this is a, a, a narrative out there. Mm, secrets. Okay. Do you have any secrets you want to reveal by yourself? Yeah, it doesn't have to be too personal. How about when I did my franchise's fiery phone-ins, and you guys would be like, hey, franchise, are you wearing pants? And I would say no. I actually was probably wearing pants like 95% of the time. So I, you know, I feel guilty about lying. That's a lame secret, bro. It's true. Okay, I'll tell you guys. Uh, You're a lame secret. Whatever, I'll tell you guys. Secrets. The first time I ever really got in trouble... Uh, with my with my mom as a child uh, I stole a rubber ducky from Walmart whoa yeah I know pretty dark wait my secret was lame and that's not that's dark dude I was a thief at a young age <laughs> I was like six I mean those those whatever kind of stores that sell rubber duckies in West Virginia. Okay, all right. Great security. This is outrageous. All right, we're moving on to the next question. Uh, This is from Kyle Height. Um, He says he wasn't really sure what to write us, um, but he has a bunch of questions, but for now he'll keep it to one for both of us. Franchise, as a fellow Steelers fan, I am one of the like-minded people praying that they draft a quarterback this year. It's not so much a matter of if as it when will Ben get hurt these days. I think he wants one more ring. If he gets it, he's liable to ride his ATV off into the sunset. Which QB would you want them to target this year? There seem to be a lot of projects with high upside in this draft class. Yeah, I mean, they also re-upped Landry Jones' contract. He's their backup. I think they have bigger needs this year on defense. I think they need a, another 
running back. Uh, D'Angelo Williams is is getting old. Uh, and they don't really have a quality back behind him to back up Lev Bell. So I, you know, in terms of quarterbacks, I don't, I just don't think that's a priority for them. I understand the Big Ben getting injured thing, but I don't see them. They've been cool with Landry Jones being that backup guy for the last few seasons, and they re-upped him. So I don't see them straying from that strategy, even though it's a terrible one. Uh, so that's my take. I think. Um... Our buddy Sigmund Bloom has talked about them potentially. Like he thinks they should go after Deshaun Kaiser in mm-hmm. the NFL draft. Um, if he is there in their first round pick, you you could potentially see them look at at, at a player like Deshaun Kaiser. I think, think they're going defense. Yeah, but I think I think Kyle's right about about this um, situation not, with Big Ben. Yeah, he's not. He's definitely not wrong. But I just don't know what would make them go another route if they've been fine with Landry Jones being that guy for so many years. It's, it's very frustrating as a fan, I gotta say. Yeah, I hear you. Alright, so this one he asks me. Harmon, this is tricky. I'm a big fan of reception perception and it's inspired me to create a like wanting to wanting to create a like-minded metric on the defensive side of the ball, a ball hawking metric of sorts. I don't want to copy your methods verbatim, as I don't even know how you chart. But I believe that limiting yards of separation is as important for defenders as it is for skill position players to create. Sometimes defensive players don't get the recognition they deserve, especially in fantasy circles. I believe this could not only be useful in IDP leagues, but also when deciding which players to fade or bench or start in any given week based on who they're likely to match up with. Um, I guess my question is, do you think this would be a useful metric? I'm a primary care paramedic living in Calgary, Canada, so this would at least begin as a passion project for me. I've thought about getting into sports writing, but I've always thought, I've always felt like I need something unique to grab the attention of the audience, and this might be it. Here's the thing, Kyle. Uh, here's the thing, Kyle. Go for it. I, I like the idea. I've been, you know, there are a few people that have experimented with charting cornerbacks in the inverse method of what I do for reception perception. I think it'd be a great idea. Nobody's really um, jumped on it. I would love to see you try this out. Uh, please go for it and share the results with us. Also, he says, "Thanks, hipsters. I've had a blast following you guys along this journey. Can't wait to see where it takes you next." P.S. Inspired once again by the hipster hashtag brand. I made cauliflower pizza with sautéed Brussels sprouts on them. Straight flames. I'll tweet pictures later. Hell yeah, Kyle. Yeah, if you tweet pictures of that, I will definitely retweet them. And if you write articles about this cornerback thing, I might retweet retweet those too. Keep it real, Kyle. Thanks for the questions. It's awesome. All right, this one comes in from Adrian Charlie, our buddy uh, on Twitter. If you could consume your favorite craft beer with any retired NFL player, who would you choose? Retired NFL player? Uh... Mm. Uh, it's a good question. Yeah, uh, man. My, tempt, my temptation is to say Steve, Steve Smith, but I feel like we're going to see him at work anyways. Yeah. Now, now that he works at NFL Network. I would probably... Yeah, I don't know. Because Steve Smith is my favorite player. But, you know, it might be fun to... You know, T.O. would be a fun one. To, is he really retired, though? I would kind of like... You know, Randy Moss might be fun, too. I mean, I'm just saying wide receivers. But Randy Moss might be fun because you think about it, like... He's also, you know, he's he's had a he was like a kind of a crazy guy when he's playing in the NFL, but he's like just a country guy. You know, yeah. he, he hunts like deer trees and stuff. Um, I would probably go Cordell Stewart just because he's what sold me to, as being a Steelers fan when I was a kid, and I would just want to kind of talk to him about, you know, his playing style. He was just unique when I was he was a unique guy when I was watching football when I was a kid, and he's the reason I became a Steelers fan really. So I'd throw a couple back with him. Yeah, why not? 
All right, that sounds good to me. Next question comes in from Tyler Aldrich. How does Corey Davis compare pre-draft to other top receivers such as Julio Jones, Odell Beckham, or A.J. Green? Uh, I'd include Antonio Brown, but he wasn't looked at too highly pre-draft. How would you rate Corey Davis in comparison to the past few drafts top receivers? It's an interesting question. Um, I like the I like the idea of it because you know is Corey Davis necessarily as high end uh, potential number one receiver as these guys? I don't necessarily think so. Mm-hmm. I know some people have compared him to Julio Jones, but to me, he doesn't necessarily play the same way. He does get great separation and and he's awesome after the catch, but I don't know that he's as dominant at the catch point. Um, to me, I think he's very similar to a Sammy Watkins type player. And Watkins was highly drafted, first receiver drafted in that legend. 2014 class but at this point you definitely have to say that Odell Beckham and Mike Evans have had better careers uh than Corey Davis but then Sammy Watkins excuse me than Sammy Watkins he's been hurt right he's been hurt but even I think even when when he's on the field those two are better players than him for sure uh so I think Corey Davis is probably you know he's not at the high end but it's also hard to compare uh, what those guys were pre-draft um you know to after seeing them at the NFL level but I think Corey Davis is good but maybe not the 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 highest end of those ranges there all right, so this one com- this one is another audio one. It comes in from our, our buddy Michael Stephanie on Twitter, and he awesome. sent this in. Greetings, fantasy hipsters. Michael Stephanie here, friend of the podcast, first time, long time. I decided to take this next level. Instead, instead of the usual cliched mainstream way of sending an email, asking a question, I decided to actually send you an audio question and ask a fantasy football relevant question. But before that, I would like to say for the record that I absolutely love the Fantasy Hipsters podcast from the first episode. And I cannot wait to listen to each and every podcast with you, Matt Harmon, and of course... Matt Franchise, second command, your right-hand man, everything. And, of course, Charlie at the controls as the producer with all four of his paws finagling and hitting buttons, making sure everything gets done. On to my question. With this... This rookie crop of wide receivers coming in, is there any chance that multiple rookies could be at least end up in the season as top 25 wide receivers, and especially talking PPR leagues, which is the only league to be in, of course. I don't care what Marcus Grant says about being PPR trash. I don't listen to him at all in anything. Of course, that's just my personal opinion. I love PPR. But anyway, thank you again for this fantastic podcast. And of course, go to iTunes, download, subscribe, rate, and listen Thank you again, guys. I am signing off. Fortune favors the bold.
a lot of crucial uh, messages there from Michael, and not only fortune favors the bold, uh, Marcus is wrong about PPR, but also that you are in second in command here on the Fantasy Interest Podcast. <clears throat> no comment. <laughs> but what we will comment on is the question. Uh, and it's a good question because right now at this point, I don't see a lot of space for a rookie to, to land in the top 24, top 25 fantasy receivers. Now, of course, it does depend on landing spot. Mm-hmm. Um, if a player goes to a, a really good situation, maybe a Corey Davis to uh, Arizona, something like that, you know, you could see that being a, a spot for a top 24 receiver. But to me right now, you know, we were talking about this in the digs question up at the top. The market is just too saturated for wide receivers right now. I don't see a lot of space for a rookie to come in and land in the top 24. Okay. All right. That's all you have to say? Are your feelings hurt after that? No. Okay. <clears throat> no comment. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks for the question. Uh, we want to remind you guys not only about Do Champs Grooming, but also about realitysportsonline.com. You know they're one of the sponsors of our shows. If you go and sign up with a, a league with them, you get a 10% off discount when you use the promo code HIPSTERS. Make sure you check those guys out if you really want to get into a hardcore fantasy experience that is unlike any others. We're talking rookies. We're talking salary caps, free agency auction room like you've never believed before. Go and try a 14-day free trial, and if you like what you see, use that promo code and sign up. All right, our our, our le- next and final question comes in from Chris Allen, our, another friend of the show. Fellas, when you do, when you do, got when do you guys? When do you guys? For, excuse me, I'm gonna edit that. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm secondhand, huh? Okay, fellas, when do you guys start to move past sports metrics to evaluate a player from a mental standpoint at any stage of his career? You or others in sports media. For example, the Monte Ball story seemed old news to people in the know, but it's been a couple years since his time in Denver, and speculation back then was he's just bad at football. Similar story with Nelson Aguilar needing to see the team psychologist, but being immediately written off by fans, fantasy football enthusiasts, etc. Is there a way, or should there be a way, that both narratives, sports and psychology, be reported together so we get a full picture of how the player is performing? Thanks and take care. You have any takes on this? This is an interesting question. I mean, you have a whole stance on this. You know, players are humans. Right. People treat, like, fantasy players tend to treat football players like robots right oh you hurt your ankle like get out there i need you to score touchdowns like oh you have a uh, you know you're having mental issues i don't care i need you to go throw you know throw some passes or whatever and it's kind of sad it, it is <laughs> honestly it is really it sucks. it sucks yeah and like you know uh, it's this is we could do a whole show on this question but i mean th- it's a really fascinating point because i do think we tend to think like think of these guys as just numbers on spreadsheets yeah. but these are human beings and even when you're evaluating them as football players you know if you're watching them on tape you get some of this human aspect mi- mixed into it right um you know personal struggles can show up in their play and we ne- and like like chris is saying we never know um whether it should be reported or not is a, is a hard question because I, I don't think you you can you know report on it. It's it's a person's private life and and especially in season, I feel right. like teams are trying to keep keep that kind of information from getting out to other teams because it'll give away strategies and who they're going to have on the field and whatnot. They definitely want to limit you know quote unquote distractions. Right. I, I don't know if it's fair to call that a distraction, but at the same time, like for the for the player himself, like it's a personal situation. Um, they probably don't want it leaked out there. Like we, we, I think sometimes we feel like these guys 
like they owe us something because they're in the public spotlight, but they're really just there to play football. And like, I don't think we have any business knowing about Monte Ball struggles with alcohol or Nelson Aguilar struggles with confidence or whatever, but it ends up getting out there because they are in the limelight. But no, I don't think it necessarily needs to be reported on, but I think teams definitely need to do a good job of monitoring them and caring about uh, players as um, individuals and as humans. And And then on the other side of that, when it's a player like Odell Beckham, who's more in the public eye and from a week to week basis in a big media market, the media loves to run with, Oh, he's, he's running into the net and he's slamming his helmet down and he's crying on the sidelines and he's a diva and this and that. And they take that and they run with it. And like, like we're saying, these guys are humans and they watch TV and they look at reports and I'm sure they try not to look at it, but at a certain point you can't avoid it and it'll, it affects you. You have to be mentally strong to be a professional athlete. No question. And, you know, last point on this uh, is just to, to, to that what you were just saying, like, I think some of these guys don't even really know what they're getting themselves into, mm-hmm. you know, before they get to the NFL. I mean, a player like Odell Beckham, there's no way that he could have ever imagined that, you know, the NFL social media would have a camera in his face every second, you know. Right. And yeah, no doubt these guys want to run with the fame and the recognition. But I think that, you know, it just doesn't they don't know what they're getting themselves into a lot. It's a lot to handle. And, you know, people think money and fame is easy, but it changes you. And it's difficult. Like being, I mean, I'm a 25 year old guy, like being a, you know, 21 and 22 is hard enough trying to transition to real life. Just because you have a lot of money does not mean it it gets easier. It, It can in fact get a lot tougher. So I think it's a really good nuanced question. We could talk about this for a while, but that is the end of our questions. It's the end of our first mailbag special. How are you feeling? I like it. Two times a week. Two times a week, let's give give the people something to start their weekend off right. Yeah, talk about a talk about a lit weekend. Starting off with the fantasy hipsters, beer recommendation, music recommendations. Oh wait, that was the last episode. My bad. Now we just answer you all your questions. <laughs> Send more to fantasyhipsters at gmail All right, people. Well, that's it. Enjoy your weekend, and for now, hipsters out. Hipsters out. Honestly, it's a little unbelievable what a diva you're being. Here we are breaking into two episodes, and now you're just you're now you're getting not what you go, well, it's going to your head now. We've established a routine here. We can't just break it. All right, fine. If you want to intro the show, you can intro the stupid you, show. Got to get in the groove, man. All right, fine. We'll intro the show. So go ahead, just go ahead and intro it. No, you can do it. Oh, you you've expressed an interest in doing it. I mean, I don't care. Do you want me to just do it? Yeah, just do it. All right, fine. It's fine. fine. This, 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 this will is, be the shtick. This is fine.